Welcome to Define You Radio. If you have ever wondered what would happen if the stop sign was truly only a stumbling block, stay tuned. Class is in session each week with guests who didn't let their past define them and have found a way to define themselves in life, money, and business. Pens and papers ready. Class is now in session with your host, Valencia Griffin-Wallace. This session is brought to you by Define Use Move Retreat, a mini retreat designed to align, celebrate, and grow the queen in you. Go ahead to ValenciaGWallace.com slash events and secure your spot today. Hey, kings and queens, it's your girl, Valencia Griffin-Wallace, and welcome to episode 219. Today's session, I get a chance to deep dive into an honest discussion with Beverly Johnson. Beverly teaches women how to reinvigorate themselves through proper diet, personalized fitness programs, and self-care. She created a community of women who recognize the need to reclaim their lives. In today's session, we discuss the toxic relationship women have with food, why it's important not to make decisions in brokenness, how, and better yet, why society celebrates toxic relationships. She shares her thoughts about grieving a relationship and the breakdown that led to her change. In this session, you're going to also learn how to pull the layers back to find your healing. Find a purpose by walking in a new beginning. At the end, we get to the process of becoming your ideal self so you can see lasting results. So stay tuned. Let's go ahead and welcome Queen Beverly to the show. Hello, hi, Miss Beverly. How are you doing today? I am fine. Thank you so much for having me on your show today. Yay. Well, I'm I'm excited to have you. And it comes at such a great time because I could like kind of get some advice on how to do this thing right. Because many times as women... We we go hard or we go not at all. And that is a space that I found myself um, when I turned 40 um, because I was in a space where I didn't recognize myself, that mm-hmm. I did everything that people, you know, as you know, you said, growing up in the South, I come from Mobile, Alabama, which you cannot get any Southern than Mobile, <laughs> Alabama. And, and being the oldest sibling, I was always tasked with taking care of my brother and sister, taking care of the home while my mom was at work. So there was never that lesson of take care of yourself. Mm. And by the time I hit 40, I realized that I was in a broken relationship, that I was broken and that all around the board, I was not happy with myself to the point where I wouldn't even look at myself in the mirror because I didn't see anything worthwhile. Mm. And so I had to truly have a come to Jesus moment with myself and do a hard assessment of, do you plan to stay here in Mm. this moment? And what are you going to prepare to do? Because it was one of those all hands on deck moments that I felt I was in a space where I was literally fighting for myself. I love everything you, you just said. And I kind of want to rewind a little bit because you hit so many 
points that women deal with today. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we're responsible for taking care of other people. And then we wake up one day and, you know, our quote unquote youth is gone. And um, a a cardiologist friend of mine told me like one in three women die from heart disease. You add stress and all the things that make up into that. I've had classmates that died back when we were in our 30s. And I'm like, what the heck? Is Mm -hmm. it that important to, and I love food. You're in the South, you know, food is like yummy. (laughs) Food is everything. We are taught at it. I remember growing up, we were told if you ate your dinner, you would get what we would get a little Debbie after dinner. So the motivation was not so much to eat my dinner. I wanted the snack cake afterwards. Mm -hmm. And so growing up in the South, had a bad day, eat, had a good day, eat. Had a day. Eat. <laughs> you know, in the South, if it's a sunny day, what are we going to do on a Friday? Fire up the grill. We in our community need absolutely no reason to have a cookout. Food has become our coping mechanism. And it's also, I think, our relationship with food, just because you think about family gatherings. Mm-hmm. Nobody's touching the salad. Mm-hmm. If there is even salad. You know, um, Mm -hmm. we want the the uh, pork and beans that has a whole bunch of sugar and brown sugar and goodness in there. Barbecue sauce, like everything. That's what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, But I want to rewind a little bit. Okay, you mentioned you were in a in a broken relationship. At what Mm -hmm. moment did you realize this? This ain't right. Going into it, I knew I went in with into it for the wrong reasons. Um, because allow me to explain. When I was um, years ago, I started getting sick and found out I was diagnosed with a severe sta- um, case of endometriosis, and mm-hmm. it was stage four. And as a result of that, I found out I couldn't have children. So on a level, I told myself the lie that at least I can have the husband because on certain level, I will be validated by other women. I may not have the children, but at least I can sit at the lunch table and go, you know, my husband. And because I was so broken and grieving what I was going through, I did not really take this time to look at the person I was with. I was just so happy to have somebody that I thought accepted me in my brokenness that it was almost a form of hero worship. Mm. And so then fast forward when I become healed, I'm off the pain meds, and I really took a moment to look at the person I aligned myself with. I had to accept that we had nothing in common. Mm. That we were, we shouldn't have, we should have never been together. We should have never been married. And when you make uh, decisions out of your brokenness, it will never succeed. We we do that. And me and I know y'all love the show. Thank you for all the love you give. But we specifically talking about a woman thing. I know I have done that. But go ahead, Miss Beverly. And so I poured myself into something like I'm going to make this work. Hmm. And it was never designed to. It was never going to work um, because he and I were two different people. Um, 
at two different stages. But what I also learned was that because I was so used to taking care of other people, he just fell right in line to the pattern that I already had. I'd already been used to taking care of my siblings. I'd always been used to being in charge of something. And so to have him dragging him along was just what I knew to the point where I did not even realize how love starved and deprived I was um, until I really sat down and went, what am I getting out of this? Oh, yeah. Little, little Beverly became Big Beverly real quick. Nobody judges you when you go grocery shopping and buy a cake or buy a bunch of snacks. They just assume you're having to get together. Nobody judges you on food. So mm. we have a lot of people in our community that are closeted food addicts. I'll judge you for smoking. I'll judge you for alcohol, but I won't judge you if I see you have a cart full of food because I'm just assuming you're, you're having a party. And mm. so, so many of us are medicating ourselves because of emotions. We're trying to push down what we need to heal. And the only way we know how to do that is eat. And mm. if you've ever eaten something and turn around and go, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that. That's when you mm-hmm. pretty much know you're going off the rails. I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. I, almost, I don't want to say all the time, <laughs> but I'll have my moments and I could easily excuse it away. You know, mm-hmm. um, Valencia, you're not fat, so it's okay to to do that, but then I'll get on the scale and be like, it was not worth it, or, you know, I deserve it. I went to the gym all week, which is always a good mm-hmm. excuse I use. So turning into Big Beverly, that was while you was married, while you were married? While I was married and subsequent the divorce, I gained almost 30 pounds. Mm. And I was in denial about it. Even looking at the picture, seeing my face change, I was in denial about it till I went to the doctor and got on the scale and she did and the nurse didn't slide that little thing back. Mm. And I was like, wait a minute, she's sliding it. Oh, it, Lord, it is at the very end. And I went in for a sinus infection. And I promise you, Valencia, I didn't hear a word my doctor said because I was sitting there like, I really have gained this much weight. Mm. Oh, well, Beverly, what are you gonna do about it? And that was the moment that forced me to take do a serious assessment of, okay, you you you're spiral. What were you at your at your highest, if you could remember? One sixty, and for my height, um, at five four, mm. it, it was it was a lot because my knees were hurting, um, my feet were hurting. I didn't feel comfortable, but it was one of those that. And, and the thing about it is I could go and try on pants, but, oh, my gosh, my pants are too big or too snug. And I would dismiss, oh, well, you know, I did go to the gym yesterday and mm. I dismissed it, even though I saw myself growing out of my clothes. I dismissed it. And instead of saying, you know, you spent a lot of money on your nice work clothes, you may want to rein yourself back in. I just went and put on things that like I started wearing dresses that didn't show my shape. But it still didn't address the fact that I was still hurting and grieving from the divorce. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize that a divorce, you know, we talk about the stages of um, like grief when, you know, Mm -hmm. death happens or something. But divorce is 
a, a death, whether it was a it good is. marriage or a bad marriage. It is a death of a, a life you had, you having to start over and everything else um, from that. Mm-hmm. So, so how did you get here from there? I sat down and had to grieve because I, I unfortunately I was in a, a category that when during the separation, my ex-husband decided to express his frustration through violence. Mm. And so when the incident happened, my primary my primary focus became security and safety. And so it went from, okay, let's just do the paperwork, do our separation. Then it became, oh, I have to move and go and, and get uh, restraining orders and all that. Yeah. My primary focus is safety. And because I, I think for a while I went into such a vigilant mode of taking care of myself for safety reasons, I just pushed emotions down. Mm. And then eventually I couldn't keep suppressing it because one day I found myself at my desk crying over something so trivial. I think my paper got jammed in the printer and I just had a mini breakdown. And Mm. that's when I realized I needed to address what was happening and take control of Beverly. You have to grieve the process. You have to. Yes, you're you're going through a divorce. Life happens. But baby girl, forgive yourself. Because it became something that was very public. Everybody, you know, when you have something and all your friends know that you're going through a divorce, now add this. Um, I kept trying to hold it together. Like nothing was wrong. So I was going through this world, like my whole world falling apart, and there's a dumpster fire behind me. And I'm looking at you, like, oh, there's nothing to look at, nothing to Mm. see over here. Ignore the dumpster fire. I'm really okay. And I had to, at that moment in 2015, drop out of the Strong Women's Club. And, and, and mend my soul and, and admit that I was broken, admit that I messed up and admit that I don't have a clue what I'm doing right now, but I need to figure this out. And from admitting that, let me put myself back together layer by layer and address how I ended up in a dysfunctional marriage. And that required me to truly look at myself and say, what drew you to that? Well, I was broken. Why were you broken? Because I was grieving not having children. Yes, that didn't happen. Yes, that part of you is not going to happen. But what's really the issue of why you had to go with this food? Because I was lonely. And when you start pulling those slayers back one by one and having the courage to address it, then that's where your healing comes in. I I love how you unpacked it all Mm -hmm. um, in, in such a great, way that I know the audience definitely can relate to because it's easier to put layers on than peel mm-hmm. them off and reveal what's underneath. Mm-hmm. And you and- you did the work and now from that you you have Genesis Fitness mm-hmm. to, and to that- help women get their stuff together. So go ahead and talk about that. Well actually you know it's ironic that after when I was sitting down coming up with the name of the business, Genesis was not the first name. I came up in my mind. It was going to be Kali. It was going to be Kaliente 
um, <laughs> super hot. It was gonna be. I, I don't know what vibe I was on that week, but it was like it's gonna be. It was. I was gonna be. It's gonna be something hard. It's gonna be like girl. And <laughs> and every name I went out to do for the domain name was taken. I I was like, so that's really a Caliente Fitness out here. Okay. So oh okay. And every name I had on my list, I had ten names, and all ten were taken. Mm. And I sat at my desk and said, okay. What is it that you're really trying to offer? It's a new beginning. Well, Beverly, why don't you name it Genesis? I'm like, well, Genesis isn't hard. It's not like, ha. But <laughs> it's not like in your face. It's not like, Genesis, take that. It's not like the <laughs> rock. And, and I was like, what is Genesis, Lord? And he was like, I know. I know, it's a new beginning. Mm. Think about your journey. It's your new beginning. And that is how I ended up with Genesis. It's a new beginning to shed who you used to be and walk into who you're becoming. That's how I came up with the name. Now, how you spelled it, is it because the I-S was gone or? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, you still still have that grr on it. You still have that, ugh. So... I think the YS adds that part, adds the like toughness to it. And that's where I was sitting there like, okay, so there's really a Genesis fitness with an eye in the world. Okay. So you know what? I'm going to figure out how to make this name different. Genesis with a Y it is. And looking back on it, I'm so glad that the first 10 names were not available. I love, I love it. And then with the Y, it's like putting the U as in Y-O-U, in Genesis Fitness. Mm-hmm. You could use that. You could use that. I am. I'm writing that down right now. <laughs> <laughs> now, when a, a lot of women get to this point, like, I want to change my life. Um, you know, it's a new year, new me, or whatever. You know, I went through X, Y, and Z. Now it's about me. What are some of the the pitfalls that you see women have when they're trying to change to a, a new lifestyle and a, a better version of themselves. They're not willing to let go of the old narrative. Mm. And I've had clients where we will be in conversations where I see you at the finish line. And well, yeah, but you know, I think about what he did to me. Are we seriously having a conversation about what he did to you eight years ago? Mm. Because you can become wedded to the drama and not even realize it, that you can assign your identity to your trauma because that feeds something in you. Because you put in your mind that that's the thing that, that when you allow your trauma to define you, you will end up stuck. And so I occasionally will have a client that is stuck in the past because that's all you know. And because you've assigned that trauma to your identity, you don't know what you're going to look like next being healthy. I know this known hell, but I don't know that unknown paradise. So I'm going to stay right here because it gives me something to focus on. That's so that's so true. It's kind of like that um, dealing with the devil, you know, versus the devil. you mm-hmm. Know. Mm-hmm. And we get so used to uh, pain 
and and using pain. And as a society, we excuse it. Like we mm-hmm. we we allow people to use past trauma as a forever crutch. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Derek Jackson that says we have a bad habit of celebrating women who stay in traumatic situations and we'll label those as goals. Oh, mm. we celebrate, we celebrate big mama for staying with, with, with pop pop for 40 years, even though he hadn't talked to her, or treated her right in 35 of those 40 years. But we put goals to that because she withstood the storm. And so what you're telling the subsequent generations that I just have to stick it out. Yeah. Even though there's emotional and verbal abuse, if I just stick it out, I'm going to get my just due. Say that one more time for the people in the back. (laughs) Uh, You don't need to stay in toxic relationships thinking it's going to work out because it's a lot of us and myself included. He didn't initially start off with a physical, but it was emotionally mental. Are you wearing that to work? Yeah. Oh, please don't go. I was really hoping you'd stay here with me. You're going to leave me here all by myself. And what I didn't realize he was doing, he was pulling me away from my friends Mm. to the point where it was, I was always isolated with just him. And so we created a codependent relationship. So then when I tell you I had no identity at the end, I had no identity at the end because I just believe if, if I wasn't with him, what would I be? Do you think that you felt, because now that you've unpacked everything, do you think you probably felt like no other man would want you or accept you because you couldn't have kids? I did. I put that in my mind with that narrative that given the fact that of being at that time mid-30s, who's going to want me knowing that I can't have kids? Mm. who's going to want little broken Beverly um, after all these surgeries with all these surgery scars and all this, who's going to find her attractive. And I need to thank my lucky stars. I got somebody that that's willing to put up with me. And so I put in my mind that I should be thankful for him instead of me not seeing my work. I, I, I know that hit home for a lot of, women um because mm-hmm. some of y'all wives might be with y'all for that reason i'm just mm-hmm. saying <laughs> and that's that that's real talk where you feel you may have been a, of a certain age and we're like well you know i am getting older and he seemed to be the only one that's expressing interest so i might as well so let's talk about our ideal self Because I know that's something you help women do, become their ideal selves physically, mentally, emotionally. What does that look like or or feel like? When you start healing, everything about you changes. Um, Your emotional lightness, you feel an emotional weight falling off of you. And, And with the emotional and mental weight falling off, I tend to see the physical start falling off because Mm. once we attack it all as a unit, um, then I start seeing the changes where you could, we could run two miles. We could work out for an hour, but if you turn right around and go to Chick-fil-A and get chicken tenders and fries, we have undid everything we have done. 
Or if you're going to go home and eat a pint of Ben and Jerry's because you're still harboring some frustrations from work, you're undoing the work. So we have to get to a point. I try to get to a point with my clients where you trust me enough to unpack the burdens. To say, how did you get here? Well, I just gained weight. No, no. Let's talk about how did you get here? Mm. Describe to me what was going on when you started gaining weight. When we start backing into that, then we're able to see more um, lasting results. So what if it's somebody that has been big or bigger their whole life? Well, then the goal becomes uh, finding a medium where I, because I I have had clients that way where in her family, um, I've had two that way. In their family, they were of a certain size. Right. And they all put in their mind that as long as they didn't break a certain number, Mm -hmm. um, it was okay. And Mm -hmm. they all broke that certain number. And I kept wondering what made that number okay. Well, then, because then I thought I was fat. Okay, well, you know what? Everybody's entitled to that position. But then, so then when you are um, of a certain size, the challenge becomes making you healthy. You can still tone. You can still get in shape. You can still get squats. You can still have the squat booty. You can still have it all. We just have, we still have to work at it because I don't want any of my clients to to tell me that you're pre-diabetic. Or you have high blood pressure problems because those two are not respect. Those two things are highly preventable. And like, you know, I had one client, she was like, it runs in the family. I said, no, the problem is nobody runs in your family. Um, <laughs> some of this, you have to start moving. Yeah. And, and start the, a new um, thing of what's normal mm-hmm. in the family. I have one more question on on that side. Then I have another question about self-care. But do you, because some people, I know I've done it, right? I've looked at, you know, how you can find those things online and put in your weight and put in your height. Mm -hmm. Do you recommend or do you use those charts or is it based on that individual? Because somebody else could be five, seven in my weight and look way different for me mm-hmm. because I will say that many of those standards and charts are based on European communities and they do not factor in the hereditary uh, factors of our community and so I would always tell people to proceed with caution because even on many of those charts I'm considered overweight mm. because based on those charts I'm supposed to be 105 and if I go, if I go down to 105 pounds, I'm going to look like a crackhead. That is not a healthy weight for me. Mm. And so we have to take those things into consideration, um, not to chase a, an artificial number. Mm. That's why I, I try to advocate for let's find what's comfortable for you. Because, yes, I know based on your height and your, your, your size. It may tell you that you're supposed to be 120, but based on your family, 120 will have you looking very sickly. Mm. But so I, one 135 may be a better place for you to sit. 
I I can't remember what the weight chart says, but I'm like five seven and a half, and I've gotten to one thirty five, and I was like, oh my gosh, this mm-hmm. it it didn't look. I could see more parts of me than I wanted to see, you know, more mm-hmm. bones and, you know, like I didn't, I like having a strong body, mm-hmm. you know, and my body looked t- frail mm-hmm. and, and it really took somebody else telling me that for me to look and say, Valencia, this is not going to work. Mm-hmm. So, and and, um, no, and that's ahead. what you have to be very careful of. Um, because, like I said, based on my weight, they tell me my weight chart, I'm supposed to be like at a max 115. Mm-hmm. If I go down to 115, um, something's wrong. Because yeah. I don't look well. But I will say right now, at I'll tell my weight, at 131, I am healthy, I'm strong, um, and I'm for me, I'm a healthy size. So don't be so quick to always go to that chart because I've seen people go down in their sizes like I need you to go eat because yeah. you don't look you don't look good. I love that. Thank you for for saying that because we got some all all books and all charts aren't doesn't take a lot in consideration, uh, especially like if you're top heavy and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what weight you carry. That's I mean, where you carry your weight, that's extra weight, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean it's unhealthy just because you have boobs. Mm-hmm. So, cause I, I'm pretty sure my boobs add, <laughs> I don't know how much, <laughs> to my, but they, they have something to do with those numbers on the scale. If I'm honest, y'all have seen pictures and it's natural. Boobs. And see, and those are the things to take into consideration, like the women on my dad's side of the family, inherited boobies Mm -hmm. and so because of their build you may automatically assume that they're out of shape Mm. but they're just top heavy Mm. and so you can't be so quick to make an assumption about somebody being out of shape because they're built different from you yeah i love that i love that so Fly Girl by Glam Apparel. Yes. Tell tell us what that represents and how can we get it? Well, Fly Girl, um, I was sitting around one day and I was doing one of my postings and I was just sitting there like, you know what? I'm going to fly today. And somebody (laughs) said, what do you mean? I was like, I'm a first love myself, girl. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, oh. I like that. And so it came as a celebration of who you are. And so fly girl is first love yourself, girl, because that is the greatest relationship you will have with anything in this world is the one you have with yourself until you fall in love with you and can look in the mirror and go, "Ooh, who is that sexy beast? Oh, it's me. <laughs> Ooh, girl, who is all this? Ooh, all this sexy dripping. Oh, that's me. Until you have a healthy relationship with yourself and understand what's required to love you properly, you can't love or expect love from nobody else. Mm. And that's how Fly Girl came. It's an affirmation for us to fall in love with the most valuable player on your team, you. 
Hashtag amen. Yes. And you can get the shirts on my little online boutique. Um, my little online store. Um, it's the Diva Boutique. And it's thedivaboutique.com? Or? No, because because I'm extra. Diva, I, I misspelled it on purpose because it lines up with the tenants of my business. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's deva-boutique.com. If the audience doesn't remember any of the great gems you dropped and you wanted them to remember the next thing you say, what would that be? Out of everything you have done on this journey, forgive yourself for any mistakes that you have made. It's okay. We're all human. Move on. It's okay to proceed. It's okay to love yourself. You can be unapologetically who God has made you to be. It is the time out from trying to hide, no longer playing small. God is giving you a purpose and an assignment, and it's time for you to walk in it. Because we need your gift. And we need you to survive to get to that next level. Just trust the voice of God that he has given you the the tools that you need to make it. And surround yourself with the right people to make your dream happen. I love that. So, Miss Beverly, how can the audience get in touch with you and connect with you and possibly get with you to ask some fitness questions like, how exactly do I get a squat booty? If you want to go ahead and give your information. <laughs> if you want more information on a squat booty, being snatched, self-care or meal planning. Um, there's my website, BeverlyKJohnson.com. Or you can find me on Facebook at Genesis Fitness, G-E-N-E-S-Y-S Fitness. Um, I'm there. Um, all my fitness tips are out there. All my videos are on the uh, Facebook page. Um, they're willing, ready, and able to provide any assistance that you need. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for a great interview, kings and queens. I hope you have thoroughly enjoyed it. Miss Beverly is awesome. We're definitely going to have to have her back. So with that being said, yay. (laughs) Pins and papers down. Class is officially over. Make sure you subscribe to the show and connect with our guest, Miss Beverly Johnson at beverlykjohnson.com. Until next time, remember your past doesn't define you. It gives you definition. And what you do with that is up to you. Nobody could have predicted that 2019 was going to be as stressful as it is. As women, we have many roles and responsibilities that we barely get time for us. But guess what, queen? If you fall apart... Everything you're working so hard to take care of will too. That's why you need a retreat. Go to ValenciaGWallace.com and find out more about the move retreat because queens need a break too.